0: hello everybody and welcome to the blizzard watch podcast i'm matt i'm the host with me this week are eic liz and joe he's not also the eic that was really bad structuring <laughs> there but yeah I mean, you know who joe is um i'm going to move right into this because uh it, i thought it was really interesting and liz came back with some really cool stuff so the sepulcher of the first ones is uh, just had its mythic drop this week uh, i believe it had today as we're recording today? This. yeah this yeah. morning and Liz, you were telling us that no one's run Mythic yet?
1: Like uh, of the yeah, War First no one, no one is running Mythic. <laughs> it's Mythic Launch Day, and no one is running Mythic. No one! This just astounds me. Everyone is running heroic. Everyone is doing heroic splits. They're trying to collect tier gear before they go into mythic. I mean, they've been running heroic splits all day. No one has gotten the first boss of Sepulchre down yet. I don't know that that any of the big guilds have even tried. It like it is it is so wild. This is different than any other world first race. Um it is seems this like the first, the-
0: is this the first world first race we've had since, say, Warlords where they've had tier sets?
2: Yeah.
1: I think it, it yeah. is Yeah, and it's it's the first world first that we've, st- that's been during this age where they're streaming everything that has had tier sets and they are all working so hard to get their tier sets. And I just think this really speaks to the power of these tier sets. Well, um, only... Another, uh, was... another like really interesting thing uh, is um, um no one has killed the jailer yet. No one has killed heroic jailer. And uh, one of the reasons I've seen being tossed around for why you know maybe we haven't done that yet is that the jailer does not drop any tier pieces, so people don't care enough to go into it, or you know maybe they just don't want to get into their jailer strategies yet. But it's just no one, no one is bothered. They've been running heroic splits,
2: and he's also hmm. not required to move on to mythic, so there's yeah. no, there's no reason to really down him. But yeah, the the tier sets in particular, are like. We were talking about this in, in work chat uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, late, like late night with Corey and like the they fundamentally change the playstyle of so many of the classes, like in your particular roles inside of those classes that like I'm not I'm not surprised that they're being sought after so hard. I am surprised that they're not doing heroic splits and then still pushing into mythic even a little bit. To try to give themselves I mean, time,
1: mm-hmm. they've been doing a lot of heroic splits. So,
0: so basically, people are not not just do they do heroic splits, but then they're going and getting other characters and doing heroic mm-hmm. splits on them too.
1: Yeah, I they, think my, so. They're trying to gear people out, and it's yeah. like the people who aren't getting tier sets are probably not going to be characters that are going into mythic. They need that power level. Interesting. That
0: is unusual because I mean we definitely haven't seen that in previous uh, world firsts. This expansion. I mean, they, that's not the case at all for, uh, nope. sanctum or for, uh, I can't never remember, uh, Denathrius's raids name. The first one that we did, you guys know what I'm talking about. I can't castle remember. Nathria. I was castle waiting for Nathria, you. Yeah. Thank you. But I mean, that is, that is interesting. Uh, it is not something we've seen before. So yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think they're going to do it tomorrow or do you think they're going to, I got to know from Liz. They're
1: definitely going to, they're definitely going to give it, give it a go tomorrow. I mean, they're, eventually they're going to run out of the number of heroic splits they can reasonably do, and they're going to have to start giving Mythic a try.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do uh, you it, think they might actually go back to normal to get
1: tier, to just mm, fill tier out? Or I think that's probably just too low eye level, but I don't know. I don't know, maybe. I mean, I'm I mean, just wondering if
0: the, tier, if the tier sets are that good, and you just you got a guy who just needs one piece to get it, if you do that. I mean,
1: maybe, maybe. Uh, like, one of the my my big example, I play a paladin, so my big example is paladins. Um, Avenging Wrath in 9.2, they nerfed the heck out of it. They removed an entire spell rank of it. So now it buffs us by, it buffs crit damage and healing by 20%. It used to be 30%. So that's not insignificant. It's kind of these Avenging Wrath windows that paladins use, paladins of all specs use. To have like a big burst. And that's been cut back. Pretty pretty significantly. And I personally. My opinion is that. Part of this is because our tier 4 set bonus. Our 4 piece set bonus. Will extend the duration of Avenging Wrath. And a lot of people. Were early on saying. Oh that's way too powerful. That's so powerful. And it's like. Well maybe it was so powerful. That they had to cut our baseline powers. So it wasn't too powerful. So I'm kind of feeling right now that to get back to the power I had in 9.1, 9.15, I need to go out and collect my four piece to just get back to my starting place.
2: That's interesting that you say that. I, I've I've heard other people say that about their classes, but mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like I'm I'm curious if it is the reality or if it's the perception of how good the set bonuses are that they would that they would nerf it in order to compensate
1: yeah the other thing is yeah the other thing is they've been nerfing paladins like every patch certainly holy paladins I usually play holy because they think we do too much damage Mm -hmm. but like the avenging wrath thing they that's an across the board nerf and the extending the time of avenging wrath is you know that's an across the board buff if you get that four four piece set
2: yeah and I think four piece set for I don't know Four-piece set for shaman, at least on the uh, restoration side, I know is really important, but I also know that I'm, I mean, and I I don't know how to say this without sounding like I think I'm the greatest healer <laughs> ever, so I apologize, but, like, I'm still able to keep up with people that have 20 eye levels on me, so, like, I don't know if that's, you know, a function of me being just a good healer and able to compensate, uh, or if I'm not actually nerfed, or, or whatever the case is, right? But I've heard other like Restoration Shaman complain that they feel weaker, and I'm just like, I, I don't get it. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting place to be in.
0: Well, I mean, I'm looking at the Warrior set bonuses, and I'm I am not likely to get this set this this uh, tier. I am pretty much, I think I'm out of rating until the next expansion, quite frankly, because I just I don't I I took too much time away. But I'm looking at the. uh the set bonuses for warriors and the prot bonus.
2: Prot's stupid good right now.
0: My god. Uh just the two-piece. Consuming 30 rage grants you and a stack of seeing red, which transforms it eight stacks into outburst, causing your next shield slam or thunderclap to be 200 percent more effective and grants ignore pain. So you'll just get ignore pain. After you hit a guy in the face with your shield twice as hard as you normally do. That's crazy. That is that is an amazing set bonus. And that's the two-piece. Mm-hmm. The four-piece for prot, I mean, I don't even know how to talk about this. It's just wow. Um, yeah. Um the the four-piece for prot, avatar increases your damage dealt by an additional ten percent and decreases damage taken by ten percent. Avatar instantly grants outburst. So you hit Avatar, it it buffs your damage by 10%, it nerfs damage taken by 10%, and it instantly grants you the outburst ability from seeing red, which means that your next shield slam is going to immediately put ignore pain on you and it's going to get an extra 10% buff on top of the 200% buff it already had. Like what? That's <laughs> crazy. That is so good. Um so, yeah, uh, I can see why you'd want to get... If you had a warrior tank in your guild, and I don't know how many people do, but if I had a warrior tank, I would definitely want to get him four-piece because that'll make him a lot easier to heal. We,
2: we do, and that's one of the things that we're targeting for. But And and they just had their damage increase too. I think prot damage was increased like 27% yeah. or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I already knew about that. But, yeah, the, this is an amazing. The, I'm not so sure how good the arm set is. Although Colossus Smash lasts three se- seconds longer... And increases your damage dealt by an additional five uh, percent. I mean that's nice, but it's certainly not that thing I just said about prod. You know, <laughs> I mean two hundred percent. Yeah, wham! How oh, my face? Um, you know, it's just cheese. But yeah, I, I can see definitely why you might wanna, you definitely might wanna farm up that tier set. I, I although I am, I am surprised they didn't go in today. I mean even just just to yeah. get just to get some wiping in, if nothing else.
1: But yeah, you know, just get that first boss down. But Yep. No, collecting tier.
0: But anyway, uh, that's, that's cool. That's, that's all. Also, I want to mention that LFR, uh, in addition to mythic LFR wing one opened and LFR wing two is coming in two weeks. Um,
2: yep. And the first wing is four bosses.
0: Yeah. Uh, also even LFR, uh, by the way, the, uh, the end last three bosses, the, the item level is, is higher than the first eight. So that's just something to keep in mind. I, I, I'm going to skip a- away from world of Warcraft for a moment. Although we certainly will be coming back to it cause we have more news, but I want to talk about patch 2.7.3 for Diablo three on the PTR. Um, because I didn't find out about it till today. I actually, I was actually like, it I was, was only announced
1: week. yesterday. Yeah. So it's not, you weren't no. real behind,
0: but one of the things I find really interesting is they've introduced the, uh, echoing nightmare, which is the first time they've added a new system, a new, a new activity. Uh, to the season previous seasons have all been like new mechanics changing up the way you play this isn't going to do that this is going to change up what you do when you play because the echoing nightmare is essentially the way it looks based on the patch notes we have it's not being tested until uh, the march 10th and i'm going to be having needles stuck in my eye on march 10th so i'm not sure i'm going to be on the btr um but based on what i've from reading the patch notes it's essentially like the way Greater Rifts are to uh, normal Nephilim Rifts is how this Echoing Nightmare is to Greater Rifts. It's essentially a super rift. You, you go into Greater Rifts, you get this uh, Petrified Scream from the end Guardian boss, and you use that to unlock. You take it to Kanai's Cube and use that to unlock a portal to the Echoing Nightmare. You go into the Echoing Nightmare, and the way it's phrased, you keep going until you die. Like that seems to be what they're saying this is. It's something about you keep clearing it until you are overwhelmed. Uh, the, the, so, I mean, you read what it, what it said. Does that sound yeah. right to you, Liz? That's yeah.
1: how I read it, definitely. Yeah, it and, sounds real interesting.
0: Yeah. In addition to that, and it, they talk about, like, you get the various things you get from it. It's very similar if you've run rifts. It's the same kind of loot system. Although you will also get uh, a special drop that augments the uh, ancient legendaries that you get. It's mm-hmm. a specific drop, which I mean if you're getting ancient legendaries from doing the echoing nightmare and then you're upgrading them with the drop from the echoing nightmare that would make you able to go further into the echoing nightmare. So it might be a mechanic for allowing you to progress more in them, but it is really at this point, it's very hard to know how that's going to play out because we haven't seen it at all. Uh, But it's inspired by a line from Orek going back to when you, when they first came up with rifts and put them in the game, the, the character Orek who is a Nephilim ghost said that you know you stand where other nephilim once stood can you succeed where they failed and this whole thing the echoing nightmare is the 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 dreams of the ghosts of nephilim past who failed this is what happens to you if you don't succeed you turn into one of these things and then you try and kill people who come in it's an interesting idea it ties into the lore of of diablo 3 and the nephilim that's that's cool i am waiting to see how this plays out uh And I don't know if either of you sound interested in doing it, if at all. I mean, I'm pretty interested in doing it. But Joe, I don't think you play Diablo 3 that much.
2: Uh, I've actually kind of stopped since Diablo 2 came out. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think I I have it installed and everything, but I literally have not touched Diablo 3 since Diablo 2, the new version, came out.
0: Yeah. Whereas for me, Diablo 2, I played it, thought it was really nice, and it made me definitely want to play more Diablo (laughs) 3. Yeah, I definitely prefer (laughs) Diablo 3 to this. So, but yeah, it is interesting. The other thing they did was they've added in a bunch of changes to Greater Rifts. And uh Liz and I talked about it briefly. I think you said something like you didn't really understand what they'd done.
1: Mm, yeah, I didn't quite get what they were aiming at. really.
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> we were talking about this last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh basically from what I Yeah, read the it,
1: spaghetti comment.
0: Yeah. The uh less spaghetti and more chickens. That doesn't mean anything, Blizzard. Um that's like you'd really kind of should have clarified what that meant. But anyway, uh besides that uh, although I did put that in there as a tagline, and I noticed you took it out of the headline, and I, I don't. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame it, you because it's incoherent. It doesn't but, make
1: sense. Yeah. For, for people, for people listening to this at home, uh, we should explain there was a dev note under the patch note changes for it, and like the last line was the dev note was that they wanted to do less spaghetti, more chicken.
2: I. Yeah.
1: And it's just I stared at that for such I'm a long th- time, and I still I don't know. It's kind of like if you get fettuccine Alfredo.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> seriously that uh, that's what I was thinking when I read it. Like oh, it's like when you get fettuccine Alfredo and there's chicken in it, you want to put more chicken in it. Okay, I get you. <laughs> I, th- I know where you're going with this. Maybe but basic. Maybe I, I it's a, it is a weird statement, but when when I read through what they've actually done, what they've actually done is they've. They've buffed the amount of XP you get for specific bosses and 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 mobs. They've they've changed around the maps. They've gotten rid of two maps that I, in my opinion, were the worst maps ever for Nephilim Rifts. They're getting rid of the the hidden aqueduct and Chaldeum sewers maps. And I don't they don't say why they're doing it, but my opinion is they're getting rid of those because of the way those maps work. There are so many ways you could be clearing them. And you're following the mobs and you go down a direction and suddenly you're stuck in a cul-de-sac and you have to run the entire length of the map back to find the other mobs and kill them. And I've actually had rifts where there was like a guy left and I couldn't find him to kill him. And that's not good for rifts. The whole point of a rift is that the mobs come to you and you murder them. That's that's it. Having a map where you have to hunt and peck, trying to find that one guy to get the Rift Guardian to spawn, is not a good thing, uh, and it can even be hard to find the the the, the way out of those levels. Mm-hmm. So yep. overall, not a fan of them. I'm glad they're gone. I don't know if adding the three new ones is going to work out. They're they're all the one that really comes to mind is the Chaldeum Sand one because that that one is a very big, open, broad one, and I, there's not a lot of nooks and crannies to it. So I think that one will be be better but the other two i'm i'm on the fence of but the buffs to the um the various monsters that's just great cool make this happen faster the goal seems to be to make greater rifts go faster to make it so you can get them done quicker and run more of them if you want to and i think it's not a surprise that they did this while they're introducing the echoing nightmare because people are going to need to run greater rifts to get the drop to do the echoing nightmare, so you want the greater rifts to go faster, so more people can run the echoing nightmare. Since that is the whole deal of your season, you know that that's what I took from it. Looking at it, that that it, this is very much we're speeding up greater rifts so you can get your 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 petrified scream, so you can run the echoing nightmare. Um, because it is it is very much a system that is on the top, so you need to to make everything faster to let people. Because th- if you think about it, you're going to have to run normal rifts to get the keystones to run greater rifts to get the Petrified Scream to run Echoing Nightmares. And so that's why I think that they worked on greater rifts. But but that's just my opinion. I don't have any... There's nothing in the dev notes that says this is why we did this. They just said they're trying to make it faster and more fun for less spaghetti, more chickens.
1: Yeah, I no guess, idea.
0: Yeah, in, this, in this scenario, I suppose monsters are the chickens.
2: Mmm chickens.
1: Yes. I yeah, mm,
2: haven't had chickens.
0: dinner yet, so. no, neither mm. none of us have eaten yet. Loot chickens, <laughs>
2: yes, let's go for it. Uh
0: anyway, uh to move on to another thing. This one is a Hearthstone one, but it's it's pretty interesting because next week, I think the 15th,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh we're getting the new Hearthstone expansion announcement. I don't know what it is, obviously. Uh either you want to guess, Liz, you want to guess?
1: Uh, nah. I, I don't play the guessing game. I just rather, I'd rather know than guess.
0: Yeah. But we have to wait till next week for that.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, there's going to be a new Hearthstone expansion. There's going to be new cards. Um, we're probably going to find out what's going to be in the core set next, which is kind of interesting, uh, because Hearthstone now has a core set of cards that, everyone has access to. You don't have to buy cards, you don't have to do anything. Everyone has access to this basic set of cards. And that can rotate. So we haven't seen a rotation since they introduced the core set. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Um, But you know, as to another expansion, Hearthstone releases expansions like Clockwork. They are really consistent, about like three expansions a year. They release them on a really consistent schedule, so... Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. It's it's very formulaic and that's that's not bad. You know what to expect, but it's not a Hearthstone expansion. Isn't like as exciting as a Warcraft expansion or anything. Well,
0: that leads us into the next thing. We also <laughs> know when we're getting our next World of Warcraft expansion announcement, because that's on April 19th. Now I'm going to say you guys want to guess on this one.
1: Uh, you know, I've been talking with my guild about, you know, what do we want to <laughs> do next? And I, I want to go. I want to go to Elwynn Forest, and I want to start my own pumpkin farm. That's that's it. I just want to ignore all of this big, terrible stuff going on in the world. I want to put down my sword and not deal with any of this crap, and I'm going to grow pumpkins. That's my plan. I I kind of doubt Blizzard has that same plan, but that's this is what I'm going for. World
0: of Warcraft, pumpkins.
2: <laughs> Listen, Matt and I have determined that that's how we've, we solved the faction divide. It's pigs and pumpkins.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I we know that they're putting in in patch 9.2.5 the the ability to play with friends of opposite factions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. when I'll start begging you guys for carries uh <laughs> through the raid because I would like some gear. Um but I'm not kidding. That wasn't a joke. Don't laugh. Um, no, but, no I'm I'm here for it. But also uh I don't know if they're going to be putting in a lore reason for this. They, they haven't said anything about whether or not there's going to be any kind of story to the patch that explains why we're suddenly like, hey, you know what? that part where you burned down the tree my, my family lived on i'm cool with that yeah yeah you know i didn't actually do that but yeah i understand why you'd be mad could you, you and i'm glad you stopped trying to stab me that that's really important yeah the stabbing thing i guess it did get in the way of us talking yeah because mostly all <laughs> i was saying was stop trying to stab me yeah i know i don't know if they're putting that in. i think they should that would be but i also don't know how important that's going to be in the next expansion and I've wondered about this, like if the next expansion was actually literally, we're all friends now. I would be okay with that. I, 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 I just want this. I want us to just be friends.
2: I don't Let's even just be friends. I don't even think it's. I think they're already laying the groundwork for it now, though. Like start looking at the interactions again between uh, Jaina and Thrall and everybody else for the last two three major patches every time there's been a major uh, story beat release it's about moving away from beating each other up and further towards working together even when they don't want to like even even Jaina working with Sylvanas was a thing because Uther is like you don't have to trust her you have to trust me and do you trust me and if the answer is yes I got you and so you're starting to get to this point where they can now start having this conversation of, I don't have to be your best friend. I don't, we don't have to be going out for sushi every Tuesday together, but I don't need to stab you either. And so Although, we,
0: God, wouldn't that be great if that was just a quest
2: Tuesday, Sushi every sushi. Tuesday? Yeah. 100% blizzard. Yeah. You, you're welcome. That one's free. <laughs> but like, we, I think it's leaning towards that where it's more about coexistence, not necessarily best friendship. And we're getting to that point where they don't need to add anything additional because it's kind of already there. I
0: just think that it it would be nice if there was like a little bit of storyline leading into that. For that matter, I want them to do something that they've in the past, they've done it and it's been really difficult to deal with sometimes like going the end of battle for Azeroth didn't really have any major, you know, all it had was go up to Northrend, and kill a bunch of stuff. Like, remember all these these Wrath of the Lich King guys? They're back. Kill them again. Um, but it's still set up where we were going. I want them to have a setup where we where where we are going bit. I want them to have something along those lines, preferably with a really large bag, so everybody can get really upset <laughs> when the bag doesn't drop for them. Because man, people were so that mad.
1: Good times, right? Yeah. Well, I, I was just
0: there to kill the guy. I didn't even know he had a bag and then he, he wouldn't drop the bag and people would get so upset. I'm like, I'm sorry. I did not take the bag. I, I am not responsible for baglessness. I, I did not <laughs> t- tell them not to drop his bag. Um, may I suggest kill him again? I guess I, I don't, I'm not really, I'm just here to try and get some gear before the next expansion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely want that. I, I should also mention uh, the, the wow mobile game is also going to be announced. Yeah. That's happening in May. They're announcing it. Um, I got nothing on that. I have no idea. I think it will obviously be tied into the new expansion uh, because mm-hmm. they're announcing the it a month yeah. after. Yeah. Um, but I could be wrong. It could be something completely different. I don't know. We've talked forever about it being a pet battle game. And at this point, I think it's not going to be a pet battle game just because that's what everybody wants. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's just how things work in my world. So, mm. But, I mean... I'm not, I'm not asking you guys to speculate on what it's going to be, but I am going to ask you this. What impact do you think this is going to have? Do you think this is going to be a big deal, or do you think it's just going to be like a footnote, or what? Like, how do you feel about Mo- WoW doing a mobile game?
1: I think uh, what I'm worried about is that it's going to have just this immensely negative community reaction. Because you get this thing where real gamers, serious gamers don't play mobile games. You kind of still have that stigma against mobile games. but. Uh, mobile games can be really fun some games work really well on mobile i love playing games on my ipad because you have this touch interface which is totally different not every game would work on an ipad but some games work really well on a tablet and that's just a nice way to play you don't have to sit at your computer you just have a tablet in your lap and you tap on the screen and stuff happens it's pretty good and so Whatever the game is, whatever it's like, I'm worried that no one's going to give it a chance.
0: Yeah, I and, definitely think that you know.
1: Yeah.
0: it's taken them two years of continuous work to get people to back off on the whole uh, Immortal Diablo Immortal thing. Yeah. So yeah, you're definitely I'm, not, I'm not. I don't think you're exaggerating at all. I definitely think you're. And on
1: the I, I still hear those jokes like, "Ha ha! Don't you have a phone?" You know that uh, that everyone rags on the Immortal team about. Um, so yeah, I'm mostly, I'm mostly concerned that it's just going to get such a horrible negative community reaction and people are going to be really terrible to the developers and it might be a really fun game, but no one's going to give it a chance. So, and it may not be a fun game. I have no idea what it is, Yeah. but you got to know what it is. You got to give it a chance before you find out whether it's fun or not, before you can offer any valid criticism or valid, uh, uh, praise so, yeah, I'm just worried no one's going to give it a chance. And mobile games are games. There are mobile games out there that are spectacular. I and, think at this uh, point,
0: the people have to get over that mindset that mobile games aren't oh, yeah. games. For so One thing, you know, just in terms of sheer profit, I, you know, mm-hmm. companies are going to make more of these. They make money. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. All you're doing is looking like a Luddite. Like, you know, that's not real games. Real games are on a computer. It's like you said that same stuff when console gaming started. You know, it, it's just, no, it's it's not, it's not it's not worth your time. It's not worth our time. You were going to say something, Joe, so I'm shutting up.
2: I forgot what I was going to say, so keep on.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I, I think I'm pretty much done on that. Oh, um,
2: oh I do remember. Um, like, and for everybody that wants to argue about, like, oh, mobile gaming is not real gaming, I just want to ask how many of them own a Switch. You know, a Fair console point. a console that is blowing the other ones out of the water in terms of sales and households that it's in that is conceived not just as a home console, but also a mobile console. So mobile gaming is important to people. It is a thing that exists, and people need to get over it. So,
0: Okay, I think that's pretty much it for news. And I mean, Liz, you had a whole bunch of events. I didn't use all of them. No, uh, no we don't have that.
1: Okay. No, I think those were the highlight.
0: Oh, I will say also, though, Uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected is on the PTR right now with its ladder system. It's being tested right now. So if you want to see that or help them test it, it would be a really good idea to get on there and and play some ladder play in Diablo 2. If you don't know what ladder play is, it's very similar to a Diablo 3 season. Uh, There are some differences, but it's basically the same idea. It's seasonal play. You start off at level 1 and you go until you're max level. Uh, So that's something that, that Liz had put in the, uh, her schedule thing. And I forgot. So I'm going to mention it now, but now I think we're going to move on to doing some questions. Uh, as is usually the case, if you've got an email for the show, uh, please send it to podcast at dot with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for this show. Or, um, if you don't like emails, uh, A lot of people don't. I'm old enough that to me, emails are still fancy and new, but to a lot of people, emails are annoying. You can go to our discord server and you can go to the patron queue and podcast questions channel. If you're a patron and we look there first for questions because you know, you guys are supporting the site and we want to do something nice for you in return. But if you can't support the site uh, through Patreon, we understand. And we do have a queue and podcast questions channel Uh, renamed so by Liz because we were calling it just we were taking questions from the Q questions channel and that felt like we were being jerks now it's it's all named up proper and you can put your question there as well and I did in fact take at least two questions from there so yeah uh this first question I'm going to have Joe read it because I know Joe has things to say about this (laughs) so. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, this is from 6k question for the podcast people. I don't know how to feel about Arthas anymore. This stems from the latest cinematic at the end of the Anduin fight. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and stop before I keep reading that. Uh, if we're going to be talking about this, there will be some mild spoilers. you will probably want to give us about five, maybe 10 minutes before you come back. If you care about this, I apologize. I just want to make sure I do my due diligence. Uh, so there, there you go. You've gotten a little bit of a spoiler warning. All right. Uh, but with the revelation of domination magic and watching Anduin go evil, is Arthas still responsible for his actions? I mean, it was domination magic like Anduin or fragmented soul like Sylvanas. Wasn't he just as much a victim of the Jailer as the rest of them? I mean, he came out of the broken Anduin bonds at the end of the cinematic, which was supposed to identify him as some form of responsible for Anduin's subversion. But wasn't the Jailer just using him, too, in that regard? Or is Arthas the source of of domination magic, I need an adult. Uh, I'm not an adult, but hopefully I can be a reasonable facsimile for you. So here's the thing about the jailer and about domination magic in general. Notice that Sylvanus isn't still dominated, right? All the souls that are in his employ have been broken down. They've been beaten, they've been ground up, they've been sliced into pieces and spliced back together. They had to be broken in order to be utilized by him. I don't think there is actually any domination magic more than anything else. It's, it's more so of giving somebody enough space to that they make the decision you want them to make, believing that they are making the proper decision. And then you start getting into the sunk cost fallacy. So. I made this choice, it led me to this place, the next logical step is here because I've already gone so far. And then you repeat that process over and over again until that person is broken and no longer able to see where they started. That's why when Sylvanas got her part of her shredded soul back, there was such a disconnect between the two. Her shard of soul that didn't get to see all the decisions she was making... That's the point of that cinematic. It was reconciling the fact that, yes, this is me. I made these choices. This isn't some monster wearing my skin. And it's the same thing for Arthas. And it's the same thing for Anduin at the end of this. It's going to be a thing where they have to come to terms or Arthas, you know, his soul is now wherever it is or have gone away or into nothingness, whatever the case is. But Anduin's got to deal with that, too. Yes, he was dominated. He was forced to do things. But Matt and I have talked about this. He was just a vessel. He was a channel, right? He was still present for everything he did. And now he has to deal with it. And he's going to... Yeah,
0: have- the difference... I would argue the differences between the two is that... At no point did the jailer puppet Sylvanas and drive her around.
2: Right, he gave her choices just, that he knew she he would she would make.
0: And the Lich King, Arthas, as the Lich King, absolutely wasn't under that kind of control
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: because he straight up refused to do what the jailer wanted. He didn't. Bolvar as well. Yeah, yeah, both of them.
2: Bolvar so, wore that helmet too. Just th- you know,
0: and and so it's. Oddly, I mean, Anduin's case is different because Anduin literally had no agency. Mm -hmm. He was being, you know, he was being used as a puppet, whereas Sylvanas had agency because she turned around and shot at him when she realized what he was doing. There's a difference. I don't think you can argue that Sylvanas was dominated. You can absolutely argue that, that Anduin was. Arthas chose every point where things went bad for him. Like you go, you know, you killed, you lied to your men and the mercenaries that fought for you. He did that before he ever touched, for, you know, Frostmourne. Mm-hmm. You know, he scuttled was, the boats before he
2: ever got that sword. Yeah,
0: made absolutely sure that he couldn't respond to his father's order. He wanted to stay in Northrend. He wanted to keep hunting, even though he'd been told repeatedly, "No, don't do this." So, yeah, there's, there's some you, you can't ignore the jailer's role, but the jailer was very definitely not controlling Arthas. That would be my take on it. I don't know if Liz has anything she wants to throw in here.
1: I got, I got nothing. I don't, I don't understand what's going on anymore. It seems like well, just
2: the one thing I was random thinking,
1: characters with weird motivations that I'm never going to understand. I have a school immortal brain, I guess.
2: Play through this week's campaign. This week's campaign does explain a lot about domination magic. Oh yeah. As we're going through it, and there is a new cinematic that also goes into some things, uh, we're not going to talk about them today because I I know I haven't had a chance to go through them yet. I, I don't know if you guys have either, but yeah.
0: Also, we have I a podcast where we do finished. that kind of thing,
2: so. exactly.
0: So yeah. but I think that kind of answers your question here.
2: Yep. Which means I'm out. Bye. No, <laughs> Liz, Liz you're up you.
1: <laughs> uh, Okay, let's take a look over here, and we have a question from Wellfire. How did the elementals communicate that? Thrall forced them to kill Garrosh when it happened on Draenor in an alternate timeline. Why was Thrall affected across timelines? Do you think that, do you think it is best that some things are left unexplained or unresolved to keep us guessing? Or would you rather have everything explained and tied down? Um, I guess I'm actually kind of in the middle here because I like I like having questions. I like still having mysteries. I like having things to think about. But I also think lately, Warcraft has leaned on that very heavily. Like, every ending is a cliffhanger to something new and bigger. And I'm kind of tired of that. I like having mysteries, but I do like having things resolved, too. When things are resolved, we can move on and do something else, do something new, and... The past few expansions, it feels like nothing is ever resolved, and we're already always stuck in this morass of chaos. Um, so I don't think that answers the question at all, but that's where I that's where I am. That's what I think.
2: They they kinda answered this actually in uh Siege of Orgrimmar. So in Siege of Orgrimmar, the culmination of the Dark Shaman, you everything you've learned up to this point is that dark shaman when they start forcing the elements and shackling them they're sort of tainted there's a mark or something that they carry with them that the elementals can kind of pick up on so it doesn't matter where it happened it matters that it happened and thrall sort of carries that with him. The difference between Thrall and a dark shaman is that Thrall has genuine regret over it. Whereas the dark shaman would continue to do it and continue to enslave elementals to their will. Um, which is why now Thrall can do shaman-y things again, because he sort of paid his, his penance and uh, told them that he's sorry and gave them all nice little fruit baskets and, and everything else. Uh, but that's sort of why, even though it happened on Draenor, the mark of it, the stain of it followed him back to Azeroth. And not only that, but his own guilt as well, because that weighs on him as well. Because one of the other things they talk about in shamanism, this is going way back to Vanilla WoW, back in the... Early, early days when you used to actually have physical totems in order to use your totems, you had uh, casting focuses. and you were went, your bags, yeah. There were four of them, one for each of the elements that sat in your bags that you had to go through questing for. And during that questing, they explained to you that your willpower, your willpower is what you needed in order to maintain your sense of self while dealing with the elements. And particularly the elementals that you would summon forth. It was a contest of wills because again, the elementals on Azeroth were unruly and they were not super chill like the ones on Draenor to begin with. And you needed to have a strong spine to deal with them, not necessarily force them into doing things, but tell them, look, I'm here for a transaction and we can do this. We can do this or I can walk away. Let's make it mutually beneficial. So, his will had been broken as sort of at that point when he realized what he did. So yeah, that combined with whatever he had, whatever he was carrying with him, to know that he had forced elementals to do something that he knows damn well, they shouldn't have. Yeah. Or that they didn't want to do. That's the reasons why. And I'll shut up now. So Matt can talk.
0: Oh, I think that you've answered the first part of it pretty effectively. You didn't talk about the second part at all. Um, So I'm going to talk about the second part. Sure. Uh, I think it's best to have some things that are left unexplained. That's straight up. I think that um, mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest problem, oddly enough, I feel like the opposite is, but I think we have the same issue. It's just that we're looking <laughs> at it differently. I feel like Warcraft has spent the past three expansions trying desperately to explain everything. Mm-hmm. And you can argue about whether or not they've successfully done so. But we've gone from the Shadowlands as one example. We've gone from the Shadowlands as a vague death place that we knew existed but knew nothing about to. I have now been to every freaking neighborhood in the land of death. (laughs) I have been to places in the land of death that that they had lost and had not seen. Been to Corthia. I've now been to the backstage of the land of death. It's all explained now. If you go to Legion, we went to Argus. Argus is all explaining that we know about the Argus inside Argus. We know about these zones. We have done Argus. And as a result, like since the, the combination of that and the fact that the storyline never resolves, cause I definitely agree with that. It's constantly like awful things happen and there is no resolution to them. They do not end. There's no mm-hmm. wrap up. There's no point where, you know, I I, I keep coming back to this, the beginning, the end of Legion, the beginning of Battle for Azeroth, um, two major cities got destroyed and there has been nothing to wrap that up. There's been no closure. There's been no, what do we do now? Because we haven't had time to do anything now. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, had to run around trying to stop Nazoth and, you know, defeating, like keeping the world from dying. Then we had to go to the land of death and keep a big giant flashlight head jerk from killing our planet to, to do whatever. And that's, there's an example again of, of me feeling like the difference isn't necessarily that they, they're not explaining things. It's that they're not necessarily explaining them very well. I still don't know exactly what the jailer was trying to do. I know what he was doing. I know that he was using, you know, things to do things. I'm not trying not to spoil here, but I still don't know what he thought he would achieve at the end of it. You know, what was your goal for killing everything for ending eternity? What was your new world supposed to be? You know, maybe if you'd stopped for like five seconds and explained your plan to us, you might have convinced us you were right. You never even tried, you know, and that's a problem. I don't like going into a final fight with a boss where I don't know what he's doing. It worked for a while with the jailer because it made him seem like he didn't he wasn't concerned with us. We weren't an issue to him. Mm-hmm. That's that's galling and it also makes you a little afraid. You want to know what this guy's up to. But do you do you feel like you know what this guy's up to? Like even after everything, if if you honestly feel like okay, I got a handle on this, then you're doing better than me. Because I don't uh, know I, what he was doing.
2: We talked about this. I definitely don't in know Gilt what yet. he
1: was doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've I've watched all the cinematics. I I have no idea. I have no idea what his goal and, was. And that's to me that is an
0: example of them
1: trying to use like
0: because this entire expansion is about explaining and exploring this new place, but it doesn't feel like it came together at the end. It doesn't feel like. I I know he was trying to do a bad thing, and that thing would have been very bad for me and the people that I, you know, hang out with all the time. the 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 world of Azeroth. I don't want it killed for his plan, but I still don't know what he. You know, all we get is a cryptic, a divided cosmos. Blah 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 blah. You get his cryptic line at the end, and okay. Now, of course, there will be quests. There will be more stuff. It's possible that we will find out more, but I at some point you need to put a pin in something and then move on to one of the other things that you don't know what it is and explore that. And that's where I feel like this one is not quite jelly. Uh, I I feel like Shadowlands had a lot of potential. I feel like it was actually pretty good in a lot of places, but in the end, I have not felt like I really grasped the stakes at any point. Uh, Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I think they're doing that now. And we were talking about this in Guild uh, today, actually. Uh, about uh firm's uh, research kind of indicating a little bit more about what's going on and what is at stake. Um, at yeah, least and
0: that's, that's true. And you know, we haven't really had time to unwrap all of that yet. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. But I do think that there is a certain amount of that. That is, I definitely feel like it's, it's good to explain things. And I also feel like it's good to have things that don't get explained. I agree. So I, I, agree. So I think Liz and I are coming at this from the same perspective, yeah. but seeing it slightly differently. Or perhaps different perspectives seeing it the same. I'm not sure. But anyway, (laughs) that's my answer to that question.
2: Okay. Uh, I think we're ready for the next one then. Yes fantastic all right this one comes from easy target now with uh pre-owned car maybe unity okay question uh, hello watchers I've been thinking about the lore and game system of World of Warcraft mostly the game systems the lore resets are the bitter pill we occasionally swallow but in all honesty are the surface like a fresh mural on the side of a condemned building next to the abandoned factory wow okay so that's some evocative imagery there uh, sorry Outlands the engine under the hood has been replaced from a 2000 Four model to a 2021 Corona uh, Corona XM uh, lighter, faster, but still hauling the Warcraft 3 body. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit there. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, so it's basically everything is running off of a Frankenstein code. Uh, when or will a full WoW 2 ever be made? Never. Yeah, never. I don't see it ever being made anytime soon. Like, what People are still here to play WoW. People are still playing WoW Classic. Like it's you people not
0: get there are people who are upset that they did Cataclysm, which just <laughs> still left WoW mostly intact. Do you think they're gonna want a complete reboot and WoW too?
2: Especially now that like Microsoft purchased Blizzard uh, and they're probably gonna do what they did with the other game studios and just be like, hey, keep making this. It's making money. Just do your thing uh there's no incentive and the only thing that could kill wow is if they try to make another wow and matt brings this up brought this up before but I'll bring it up now uh everquest let's talk about that everquest run is still running everquest 2 it it was out there not even remotely close to popular as far as compared to to everquest 1 um,
0: yeah EverQuest 2 definitely divided the player base both of these games are still running but EverQuest 1 is orders of magnitude more players yeah it's just the way it is
2: so why it, it, why would WoW do that at that point there's no incentive for them to create a WoW 2 there's no Blizzard would create it for what purpose I mean if we're talking about but, a whole fresh code base they could do what they did with Cataclysm Sorry. yeah
0: they, they did I, I, I think that something that um, I remember Liz pointing this out to me once essentially with wow classic and now uh the potential of we've got burning crusade classic and we're pretty sure we're going to get wrath classic we're now in a position where we do have wow 2 we're playing it yeah like i i remember you said something along those lines i may be misremembered do, do you have anything you want to say on that one
1: um yeah i mean some of some of what this question seems to be coming at is that we're we're playing on this frankenstein's code mess that has been you know, 17 years in the making, and we have all of this, uh, I mean, I haven't seen the wow code, but I assume maybe after 17 years, it's a little messy. I mean, it's hard to keep maintaining something for that long. Mm-hmm. But going back to the car metaphor, you know, you—they probably have replaced all the parts in the car. This could be a ship of Theseus kind of situation where everything is different. Yeah,
0: yeah it is you kind know, of hard. Like they've changed the—they've changed the file formatting. Mm-hmm. They've switched to like a different you know code prefix. They've used different. It's like so, it is hard to know how much of of original World of Warcraft is even left in World I, of Warcraft. At what point have you got a new ship? I know, an interesting
2: point. I know there are some people who know the answer to this question that listen to our podcast. <laughs> I'm really curious about this. I promise I will keep my mouth shut, but please message me and let me know how much of the original code is still in play. <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't think they have to make a sequel to, you know, keep the they can always update the code base. They can always fix the bugs, even though it's. Always more of a headache to fix existing code, I think, than to make all new code. Uh, but there are so many people playing this. I don't think there's any reason to go back and start over from scratch. Because like you all have both pointed out, you're just going to split the player base. And we're we're already here. We're right here. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that they
0: made it so you can play WoW Classic with a WoW subscription.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that way, you don't have any reason to subscribe to a different game. You don't have to change the payment process all of the money still goes into the WoW folder. Like if they were going to do a WoW two, like an actual sequel to World of Warcraft, then they, you know, now they have to make a decision: Are we going to make a different pay structure? Is it going to be more like a live service game? Is it going to be more like, you know, a lot of MMOs nowadays don't use subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Like it is not the normal for from MMOs. Uh, so would they now have to go to a more modern structure? Because the WoW player base has been conditioned to accept subs. We've had them for years. But if you put out WoW 2, do you now then have to modernize that? There's there's a lot of reasons why I don't think it's. And
1: mm-hmm. the other interesting thing with WoW Classic, like if we wanted to do like a sequel to WoW's story or something like that, you could just make another kind of WoW Classic thing that's sort of like a spin off, but it runs on the same game client. It's on the same game uh, subscription. And you just press a button in the client and you go into this different world. Like, I wonder if Cataclysm were released today, if we were having our cataclysm moment today, would we have just a straight launch of cataclysm rewriting the world? Or would we say, okay, we're gonna make some new servers and these are cataclysm servers, and you press a button in Battlenet and you can log on to all of this exciting new stuff.
2: Here here's another side of that too, real quick. I mean, I don't want I don't wanna go too far into it, but like Think of the back end for it too, right? So WoW, when it first released, hit a level of popularity that nobody expected. And if you played back when it was first available, there were days where like servers would go down, you'd have login queues, it would be impossible to play for days at a time. It's so much so that they were constantly working around the clock to stand up new servers to accommodate the volume that they had not anticipated. And I I would be remiss if I didn't point out, like, they also didn't expect the game to last longer than a year, two years at tops before people moved on to something else, because that's kind of what happened with MMOs at the time. So they built this massive support structure and this infrastructure around the current game. Now, how do you do that? If you try to make a sequel or another game, do you build it at the same current scale thinking everybody's going to jump ship? Do you do it at half the scale and hope you don't run into any problems? And we as players are a lot more sensitive to downtime than we used to be. Like it used to be one of those things like, okay, I can't log into WoW today. I'll just go move on with my life. Not that we weren't upset, but now think about it. When servers when server maintenance is run long, I've seen Reddit. I've seen what people comment. I've seen Twitter comments on that.
0: I've seen fire and I've seen Reddit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But like but people are sensitive to that. So do you do you gamble on under uh purchasing? And then that's a huge undertaking in and of itself. Where do you stand well, I mean, those data centers up? Like it's a, it's a big thing.
0: I do have to point out that I said that Diablo 2 Resurrected had a rough launch. The only thing it had rough in its launch was downtime. Yeah. I mean that's that's it. It's, it's otherwise it was the exact same game it didn't have any major bugs that that rendered it unplayable aside from that one thing and that was enough
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know People so remember is, that yeah it is interesting to think about I mean remember the the error 137 for Diablo 3 that was also a big deal like that thing that game would not stay up for the first day that game was like falling all over itself. Like it was like, it was actually like a drunken Red Dead Redemption. It couldn't get up the stairs. It was just constantly crashing to the floor. Um, so yeah, that does stuff does happen. So, but uh, we've got time for one more question, I think.
2: Yeah, we should uh, do, do, do. That's going to be Liz. Cause that was the last yeah, one. Liz, you uh, get, yep, to, pick, yep, you get okay. to pick which one you want to ask.
1: Uh, Well, I'll just go with the next one. Hey, watchers to combat the boredom. Some players seem to be experiencing from basic gameplay As is being seen from reluctance to engage in open-world content, some tweak or addition to basic combat mechanics is needed. What I mean is with basic are moving, casting, and melee. Have you thought about what could be modified to enrich gameplay while keeping the traditions of tab targeting intact? The thought I got for this is as follows. Remove range indicator from ability. Let spells activate and vanish if fired towards targets outside its range. Give abilities more diverse ranges so classes overall have different ranges and add a range stat to caster gear to increased cast range. Give melee weapons different reaches. Finally, add dodge and roll to all classes. Best wishes, a from Alonsus EU. Um, I think this sounds. This is interesting stuff, but it sounds a lot more like an action game. Uh, it sounds uh, like
0: Kingdoms of Amalur, really. It sounds like it sounds <laughs> yeah, like WildStar. It's Wild much more of an
1: action game. Um, yeah. it, like I do think a lot of the classes have become homogenized. They're very, they play very similarly, even when they're very they're different in their ways. But they they are kind of static, and there's been a push to you know kind of equalize all classes, which is good in some ways and kind of boring in other ways. I don't know what the right way to fix that would be. I like having diversity, but the problem is how do you make diversity and make things really different and interesting and exciting, but still keep classes kind of balanced? That's, yeah. that's rough. That's hard. What like, look do you at what think? happened when they put
0: in uh, demon hunter tanks. <laughs> <And> demon hunter <laughs> tanks have a very distinct, very different play style. And they completely dominated mythic plus dungeons.
2: We can go earlier than that. Yeah. Look what happened when they added Death Knights.
0: Yeah, but Death Knights, when they first added Death Knights, Death Knights could do anything in any spec. So that class had an added complication besides the difference of you know how they do a specific thing. They did everything different. Mm-hmm. Like they tanked and DPSed in all three specs. So that got moder- that got standardized down too. That's definitely something worth thinking about in terms of how you make a class distinct. Um, because that class was not just, com- not just making other classes look, you know, slow compared to them, but it's like, you had different, I remember tanking as ice frost. I was a frost tank mm-hmm. in, in wrath of Lich King. And they really wanted me for some fights, anything with a lot of ads, you wanted a frost tank, anything with a lot of damage, you wanted a blood tank. And I don't remember if anybody wanted unholy tanks. I don't think uh, we did.
2: Aoe tanking that was that was unholy because yeah. it could it could just snap aggro on everything.
0: Yeah, I just remembered getting frost. I I ended up doing a lot of snap aggro as well. So, but regardless, that is interesting to think about the the concept of diversity versus you know making every class viable for for the roles that they play. Um, I don't. I mean, looking at this list of stuff, uh, there's a, I'm of two minds about it. One is that I feel like it would make ranged even more the the popular dps group do you, do you know what i mean range range story has the advantage of being able to stand out of a lot of the stuff that the melee can't avoid and i remember just even talking about wow classic recently when they were talking about doing uh you know heroic uh not heroic uh, they were doing what doing a uh, Nefarian in season of mastery and gills were like i don't know how you're going to bring a melee to this mm-hmm. you know and that's almost always the go-to in a complicated fight mechanic. Is you know, cut cut melee, bring less melee. I don't want to see that happen more. Um, so maybe the thing where weapons have ranges would be nice because then you could stand further back. Like I, I mean, what, if you had a polearm, I guess. Yeah, know,
1: yeah, you know, something like in D and D, you know, five things and ten like feet reach, have reach. Yeah. It has yeah. a so you can have so, a particular weapon and hit from a little farther back.
2: I mean, feral druids can already do that. Right, like feral druids yes. already. They have a they have a ten yard melee range, eight yard melee range, something like that.
1: Mm, I think it's eight.
2: Yeah,
0: feral or 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 uh, guardian.
2: Feral.
1: Uh, feral. Okay. I think, I think all druid specs can get it because I think it's by picking up balance ability, which increases the range of your abilities.
2: Oh, you you are correct. I, but there are a lot of. It seems real there. common.
1: It seems real common. With feral. <laughs>
2: There are a lot of really good ideas here, and I want to make sure that I I throw that out there before I say anything else. Um, The caveat that I'm going to say is that I think these are really good ideas that don't fit WoW, and I think it's just the nature of the game. MMO action games tend to be very specific and deliberate in their group sizes. Uh, Lost Ark, uh, the group size is nowhere near, you know, 20 plus for a raid or whatever it is. I think, I think it's actually
0: to go along with that Diablo immortal, which is definitely an action uh, an action MMO. Uh, The mass, the biggest raid is eight
2: players. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that these type of ideas work better in a smaller group like that, because you can give more attention to a fewer number of classes. The other problem is I'm going to throw the number 36 out there. There are currently 36 specs in the game. You have to figure out something to make all 36 specs work while also adding those in back in the original days of, of of classic or vanilla, whatever you want to call it. We had things like to hit, we had things like Perry, we had things like, um, there there are so many stats. Defense, that the defense, defense, stat, yeah. um,
0: expertise.
2: Oh, God, expertise, yeah. Like, we had all these <laughs> stats that did these things, and the reason they got taken out is as you keep adding more classes and as you try to keep getting, like, accessibility to so many specs, it becomes too much. And, hell, we had this conversation when they added versatility to the game. I think we spent weeks and weeks talking about will it, will it unbalance things? How are they going to balance things? How is it going to work with the other stats and, and things like that? And it's delicate. One thing, to,
0: one thing to keep in mind, too, with, since you made the versatility mention, um, there's two things. One is the, the reforging discussion that we had, I think, last week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Whereas like Liz made the point that it turned the game into like a math problem. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's, it's about balancing all these stats. The other thing is versatility was intended for PvP. It was intended to be on PVP gear as a way to increase the survivability of people PVP. It wasn't intended to be used for the reason, like to, for anything else. That's not, you know, this happens with new systems and new mechanics. If you put in a number, you put in a stat like versatility, you're, you're intending it for one thing, but what versatility did was reduce crits. Mm-hmm. Tanks love reducing crits that they take and healers of tanks Love when their tanks don't get crit a lot because they can then predict more smooth damage curves and control how much mana they're using to heal them. And so, versatility gear became tank gear.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, tanks who couldn't get enough defense to push stuff off the table were putting versatility on. Shaman, who were not at this point intended to tank, were putting male versatility gear on and tanking. And they could <laughs> do it because yep. they had originally been intended to tank before paladins and shaman were introduced to both factions. So suddenly you had shamans tanking in, I want to say, up to Gruul's Lair. I 100% tanked Gruul. Yeah. And then they, they went back and changed versatility and changed shaman, so they couldn't do it anymore. They got rid of Rockbiter's threat, I think.
2: They did. They had to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Rockbiter's threat was so good that shaman tanks were actually on certain fights. Shaman tanks were the desired tank.
2: Yeah, you know, there there was a point yeah. where like prot tanks couldn't pull aggro off of you if you had rockbiter up.
0: Yep. So, and and again, that was an unex, unexpected consequence. Yeah, and so you have to think about that when you put this stuff in. I I don't hate any of these ideas. Um, I think you, at this point I said it just sounds like Kingdoms of Amalur. Um, I love Kingdoms of Amalur. I played the heck out of the game.
2: Sounds like Alden so, Ring.
0: Yeah, but but that's the thing. I mean, WoW's complexity isn't even just the 36 classes. It's also the, I mean, 36 specs. It's also the fact that of the 12 classes, some of them only have one role. Some of them have two roles. Some of them have three roles. Some of them have four. One of them has four, you know, and it's, we could sit here and argue about whether or not WoW should have roles. uh, Should they have tanks? Should they have healers? Should they have DPS? I don't feel like there's enough time for that, but it is something to consider. The more your your game has defined specific roles, the more predictable it needs to be to fill them. Mm-hmm. Um, healers need to be able to rely on the tank being tanky. Uh, I've I've I remember when we used to do dungeons on stream. We haven't done a dungeon and stream in a long time, and I, I kind of miss no. it. But one of the things that that we we noticed when we were doing the opening. Shadowlands Dungeons was uh, the every tank but the Death Knight was blowing up because it was early. They hadn't done the balance patch yet. And Death Knights just happened to have the most predictable damage income. Like when I tanked on the Death Knight Liz could heal me and practically go to sleep compared (laughs) to on the Warrior who just did not have the predictability. The Warrior might take no damage or might take a ton of damage. The Death Knight was just taking the same amount of damage all the time. Predictability mm-hmm. is, is like such a benefit to a healer because they have to heal everybody, not just the tank.
2: Except you, Ado. I won't heal you again after last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so so there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of complexity here. I do think that at some point they're gonna add in something like a like a dodge roll. Um looking at the way gaming is going, I think that will probably come sooner.
2: They might, yeah. Um, so
1: I mean- I kind of like the idea of ranges and kind of, you know, you'd get mm-hmm. kind of, it would really change up how you do group content because it would spread players out in like different unique ways. And it would make like the the effects that always hit melee right now, maybe, you know, they go out to like 10 feet or 15 feet and they hit different groups that, you know, that could add some interesting diversity. Uh, but also my paladin has some, my holy paladin has some heels that are 40 yards and some heels that are 30 yards. And that makes me crazy. Yeah. So I, the,
2: the other thing that I might see happen to that is you might see uh, particular classes become more popular because of their built-in ranges, right? Like yeah. if you, if you can stand an extra 10 yards away and not have to deal with a mechanic that might be more beneficial or more desirable, there's a potential for that.
1: But if you had, you know, an increased diversity of ranges, maybe Blizzard would start thinking about that a little more when it comes to, you know, where's this damage going to fall? Because I think this would be less of a problem if Blizzard didn't, you know, just do tons and tons of melee damage and lots of AoE effects that are around the boss. Like, if we had encounters that spread that around a little more, and if we had reasons for players to think about spreading around at different ranges, you know, yeah. you could add an interesting dynamic that way, but right now, bosses aren't quite designed that way, and the, even so like, I don't know.
0: It's always interesting to me that even, like, a huge boss, like mm-hmm. an enormous boss who takes up half the room, I still have to practically wedge myself up his butt, <laughs> and that shouldn't... Well, they've,
2: know, they've gotten better about that a little bit. They've
0: gotten better about it, but it's still there. Um, and
1: different... Different bosses can be very different. Like with Sylvanas, I felt like you had to be really, really, really close to her to hit her. Yeah, and cause... that was a problem because of AOE effects. Yeah. Um, but some bosses you do have a pretty—you can stay a fair distance back. So I don't know.
0: I don't know. I, I honestly feel like maybe this isn't something you need for range DPS,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it might be something that would be good for melee. Like if you added in okay, I can talent out and my range gets, like, maybe instead of having to be super close, I could be further away. Or if I switch to a different weapon, like a polearm, now I can attack from further away. There might be some some room to play around with that. Um, like, for instance, Death Knights, a lot of Death Knight abilities, like, Death Knights have to be in melee to hit with their weapons, but, yeah. like, you know, Icy Touch or whatever has a range. Uh, you know, there's there's damaging abilities that they can do that have a range. They're spells. So maybe look into that too. I, I don't know, but I feel like we've answered this question, even if we haven't completely answered it.
2: I think so. But I also think we're over on time. So you want me to yeah. do my, okay. Yeah. A little yeah bit. Do a little your bit. thing. All right. Well, folks, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com/slash Blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience.
0: Thank you, Joe. Um this you know, as we were talking, this is the end of the show. This is Spend the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, if you've got a question for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a subject line podcast or blizzard watch so we know it's for this show. Uh, or again you can hit our Discord. We've got both the uh Patron Q and Podcast Questions channel and the Q and Podcast Questions channel. You can ask questions in both of those, depending on if you're a patron or not. I wanted to close out with the typical thing where we tell you guys that we support not just uh, Activision Blizzard employees, but pretty much all video game employees trying to create a better uh, workplace for themselves and a better industry for the employees that that stuff from last year is not over. Uh, we may be talking about it less because it's been months at this point, but it is definitely not over. And that is something to keep. Well, thank you guys for being here with us. Thank you to Liz and Joe, as always for being excellent co-hosts. This has been the blizzard watch podcast. We will see you next week.
2: Pumpkins.